0: Parshas Mishpatim. We know that last week we had the Aseris Hadibris, Kabbalas HaTorah. Straight afterwards we have Beileh Mishpatim, Asher Tosim So we know that many of the halachas that are included in this week's parasha are Benodim Lachaveray, Choshen Mishpat. Many Gemaras and Shas, Yeshivish and Mesachters, are based on this week's parasha. And there's a lot of goings-on in regards to Ben-Odum Rechavera. Things between man and his friend. And there's something very, very interesting, which I think is interesting to note. If you look at the Seder of Torah Shbech the written Torahs, we have it here. So we see that we have the Asaras adibus, we have Kabbalah Zah, Torah, and straight afterwards, we have the laws of Ben-Adam Lechaver, the laws of Chosh and the laws of between man and his friend, of what happens if someone owes somebody money, he didn't pay him, he did pay him, he damaged someone's thing, does he have to pay him, does he not have to pay him? Ben-Adam Lechaver. However, in Torah Shabbal Peh, we find there's a different order. In Torah Shabbal Peh, if we look, for example, at the Arab tour and the Tor, and the Aruch itself, which is our code of Jewish law, so the, the order is completely the opposite. There, the halachaz of being high of someone money and damages and guarding someone's property, all these things that are between man and his friend are found at the end of the shulchan aruch. Not in the beginning, but at the end. After you finish Uru and you've learned Hilchus Brachas, and Hilchus Fila, and Hilchus Shabbos, and everything else that goes along together with it. And you've learned Yeridea, in the Halachas of meat and milk, and the Halachas of know and all the Halachas over there. And you've learned Ebena Eza, the Halachas of getting married, and the Halachas of getting divorced, all these Halachas. Then, right at the end, you've got chayshim And you wonder to yourself, you know, why is it that way? Here in the Torah, in Parash Mishpatim, we have these laws of Ben Adam and of laws, right after Kabbalah Satorah. Right after the Torah was given in last week's parashah and parasha's Yisra'i, and we have the Aserah Sedibra's, we have the laws of Choshan Mishpah. So why is it that the Shulchan the Torah Shabal Peh, changed the order and put Ben Adam first first, first, last, at the end, I'm sorry. Whereas here in the Torah we have a different order. So, Rebchaim Kaufman from Gates one said over that he heard from the Satmi Rebbe, the Satmi Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe and he said as follows, there's a famous halacha in Choshim Mishpat as follows. The halacha of Choshim Mishpat is that Dayanim often try to make a pshara. What's a pshara? A pshara means an in in-between. That means you have two sides. They walk into Hastin. This one comes and screaming, he owes me money. The other one comes and says, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about it. It's not true. I paid it back. Whatever it may be. They're arguing. They come in, they make it in time. There's a halacha in Chayshon Mishpat that the Dayanim should try to make a pshara. And in between, you ask him, listen, you know what, you owe him a thousand. He says he doesn't. What about if you pay 500? He says, you know what, alright, I'll pay 500. The other guy says, alright, if he gives me 500, forget it, the whole thing's done. Pshara, you make it in between you make a balance everybody's happy rather than go into the nitty gritty details of the halachas to try to figure out how to do it and to machay them and to force it upon them rather find a pshara find a way out find a way that both parties will be happy they'll both agree to make a medium make an in between oh everyone agrees shalom on much better and in fact the Shulchan Aruch writes he says there's a mitzvah on, it's an There's a mitzvah for the Dayanim to actually recommend a pshara to the people coming into the basin. And in fact, the basin that makes pshara is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And therefore, why am I telling you this? Because this union of making a pshara, of making an in-between, like someone between, you know, we've got one side that, that direction, one side that direction, something in between that everyone will be happy, only applies to chashem mishpah. It only applies to money things. It doesn't apply to anywhere else in the Torah. For example, right? You'd never imagine that someone would say, when it comes to Shabbos, you know, there's Lamentas, it's a little bit difficult for me to keep all of them. I'll keep like 20. I'll make a pshorah. Me and God, we have a pshorah, right? We have an agreement between us. I'll keep 20. And the other ones, no, maybe one day. Chas v'sho. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. as a such in any other halacha except for Cheshul Mishpah. Except for the laws of man and his friend when it comes to this one arguing with that one, that one arguing with that one. There's a base and involved. Then we have it in a pshar. We don't have it anywhere else. And in fact it would be dangerous if we would say it anywhere else. Said the Sat Marebbe a beautiful Said the satmar that's the pshar, why the Shulchan Aruch stuck Cheshul Mishpah, the laws of man and his friend, right at the end. Because if it would have been like the Sayyidah Torah over here in Mishpatim, right in the beginning, then someone would learn there's a of shara, there's an idea of making an in between balance where both parties are happy somewhere in the middle, and they actually may apply it to other types of indinim in the Torah. They may apply it to El They may apply it to Ervin. They may apply it to Avilis. They may apply it to Ribbis. Other parts of the Torah that would be dangerous. Therefore, said the Sapphira, they put it right there at right the back. Right at the end. After you've finished all the, everything else. Aruchayim, Yerideah, Ebenazah. Then you get to Chosha Mishpah. Then you get to the idea of Because if we put that first, then people say, hey, Pshawah, great. Maybe we can use it in Aruchayim. Maybe we can use it in other parts of our And that's dangerous. Said to Satmurev, but that's the reason why Chosha Mishpah at the end. So it's a beautiful shot, Beautiful, beautiful shot. But the problem is, well then let's go back to our How is it that Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't worried about the same thing? Why did Moshe Rabbeinu, when he wrote the Torah, came along and put Mishpot in right after Parashas Yisroi, if really it should be way later? If really we don't want people understanding as an Indian of pshara, of making an in-between, by the halacha straight away, we don't want people to know it right now, because they may use it for other things. So why don't Moshe Rabbeinu worry about the same thing? So Chaim Kaufman Zatzal in Mishchashem writes the Yisroides as follows, and he brings a beautiful raya about Tanurah. There's a Batonura on the first Mishnah in Mesechta's office. Everyone knows how Mesechta's office begins. It begins that Moshe Kibble Torah Mesinai, Moshe Rabbeinu and Abdar to the Torah, Oh Messiah Yeshua And it went from generation to generation until it's what we have Ada Yemaseh. Says the Batonura, a very interesting thing, you know, Mesechta's office is not the first Mesechta in Shas. Don't you think that should have been in Mesechta's Brochus? Don't you think that the first Mishnah in Shaz should have said, Hey, Moshe got the Torah of Marasinah. And Moshe gave it to Yeshua. And Yeshua gave it. Why are we hearing Misechtas Ovas? Is it the first time that it says that? So the but is a very big issue. He says, because Misechtas Ovas is not teaching a mitzvah, like many other Misechtas in Shaz are teaching. Psochem, Sukkah, Megillah, Zvachim, Menachem. They're all teaching us mitzvahs and commandments that we have to do. And we know they come from the Torah. All of a sudden you have Masechtus Ovis, and Masechtus Ovis is teaching what? Midas! How to teach, how to react to your friend, how to be a person, how to be a good character, how to improve yourself. And a person can come along and say, you know, very nice, beautiful, wonderful recommendation. It's a nice thing to do, to be a nice person, to be a good character, to have good Midas, to be nice to your fellow roommate, to be nice to your wife, to be nice to your Rebbe, whatever it may be comes along the Mishnah and says, no, 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 Moshe Kibble, Torah, Messina, even these halachas, even the halachas, which maybe a person would have thought are normal and natural and expected of a person, even those come from the Torah. And therefore, according to that, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu put them right here. That's why Parashas Mishpatim comes directly after Parashas Yisrael." Because we had a Kabbalah haTorah, we had the Aseret Debrois. Number one, Rashi says it right here. Beginning, first Rashi. vishoni ma A person would have made the mistake in the Truma Sadechen. Mentions this question. The Truma Sadechen says, "Why is Rashi telling me a Chazal that these halachas that we're about to learn in this week's parasha?" which is between man and his friend. If you damage someone's property, if you look after someone's thing and it gets lost, Hashavah Salvador, what we're learning in the morning now. What, we, don't we know it's from Rasinah? Eh? I mean, of course, everything's from a scene, right? So, Trimaz answers in and also explains it, that a person sometimes thinks that things are just like pretty obvious, you know. You find someone something on the street, right? You have to return it. Of course you have to do. <laughs> it's not yours. You have to pick it up, find out who it is and give it back. It, it, it's a natural thing, right? It's something that everybody has to do. The Torah is telling you it comes from the Torah. It comes from Har Sinai. Every single halacha, every middah, every character trait, everything we're meant to work on. These are not recommendations. These are not middahs, chassidahs, nice things to do. You know, if, someone, if you steal from someone, give it back to him. It's not a nice thing to do. That comes from the Torah. If you damage somebody's property, you've got to pay it back. That comes from the Torah. Again, Chazal understood that straight after Hasina, a person could have thought these things are normal, natural, and expected. But yet the Torah had to say them. Straight away. Straight away. Right over here. Because we want a person to know it comes immediately. From Kabbalah Sator. Now that was my haqadama. That was my haqadama. I think once we understand this, we can understand something which is very, very important. And I do believe... That those that are listening, those that are understanding, and putting this inside them, this is something that you'll use for the rest of your life because this is a very, very important thing to keep on. There is a very famous Zoya Hakadosh. The Zoya Hakadosh on this week's parasha, the beginning of Parasha Mishpatim. I'm not going to read it to you inside because the Zoya is quite complicated. But all this forum bring down the Zoya. This is the famous Zoya in Parshas Mishpatim, and the Zoya basically writes like this. And listen to the Yisodi the Zoya. The Zoya says that even though we know that everything happens to a person, right, and we know that everything happens to a person that's expected, it's, 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 it's you know it's it's being figured out in Shamayim, It happens for a reason. Says the Zoya Kodesh, it happens in Dine Momenus as well. When it comes to monetary acts, when it comes to money situations, it's also Alpi the Torah. And the Divriyach Cheskel, the Shin of a Rebbe, once explained it as follows. He explained the Zoya in the following way. He says, imagine if you have two people go to Bastin. Two people go to Bastin. One guy is found to be Chayef, he has to pay. The other guy is found to be Potter. he's innocent. Now the guy that was guilty, he's very upset. He's very upset because he knows he was innocent. He knows deep down he was innocent. He wasn't guilty. But in Bastin they passed passing against him. And he gets upset. He walks out of base and he starts cursing out the day on him. They don't know what they're talking about. They're pusking it wrong, and he starts getting all upset. Says the zoya, everything comes from Shamayim. and the zoya says one word. It's a scary word, but it's a word. Gilgulim. Gilgulim means from previous generate from previous neshamas from previous lives, and he says the zoya kodesh. He says that that person that was that had to pay the money. Maybe he was innocent. But his neshama from previous life, from a previous Gilgal, was high of that guy. And in Basedin, they made it true. They made it happen because he was sent down to the world to repay that loan. And therefore, in Beistin, he was found to be guilty and have to pay the other party. Therefore, says the Zoya Kodesh, when something happens to a person, when it means sinyonim of money, losing money, gaining money, whatever it is, it's Omin Hashamayim because there are gullim involved and we have no idea what our Neshama was put onto this world to accomplish and to do before it goes back up and hopefully fulfills that accomplishment I want to tell you an unbelievable story this is a true story it's brought down in the Kisvi HaRizal I'm going to make it extremely short because I could go on for an hour just on this story and explain how the story is true but the story goes like this there was a chasna here in Eretz Yisrael chasna and Kala get married everyone's happy everyone's wonderful and the father of the color gives a hundred thousand slime as the dowry of, the, of, of his daughter. That's a huge amount. That's right? the dowry. That's what he gives his daughter. A hundred thousand slime. Tremendous amount of money. The couple, the new honeymoon, first Shana V'shoina couple, moved to Mitzrayim. They moved to Egypt. And they lived over there. Within one year, the wife died. She died within Shana Bishayna. And the father... Of the color, the father of this Nebuch, this woman that died, makes the trip down to its shrine, to back to Egypt, and he says to his you know, son in law, so to speak, um, I'd like my dowry back. I'd like the 100,000 slime back because I gave you the money. And there's a halacha to Rabbein it's brought down in Arashba, and that if the wife dies within one year, the money that the father promised for his daughter goes back to him. So he came, I would like my money back. Chutzpah, could you do it? They went to all the day on him. The day on him, said, What do you mean? That's the halacha, Rabbi Nutam." He said, Listen, but I'm Ashkenazi. I'm Ashkenazi, we don't go with it. So said, Fine, you know what? You want to go? Go to the Arizal. They went to the Arizal, came to Arizal, they came to Svas. and they asked the Arizal to pask in the shayah. didn't want to pask in the They said, I don't want to do it. I'll in Torah. And he told him to give the money back. And they asked him why. Again, I'm cutting the story a million times short. But he asked why. He says, I'll tell you why because in a previous life the shamans that are standing in front of me right now were also in a situation where one was on a boat and didn't have money and the other one was on the boat and he didn't have money and he lent the one without, without money he lent him a lot of money, 100,000 slime and when that person came back the one that was lent the money to pay back the loan he didn't find anybody to pay it back to so he kept it and he died keeping it so when they came to Shemayim, it didn't tell it happened in Shemayim and they said hey, what's going on <laughs> you owe the guy money you know the guy comes lying, hey you never paid me back he said but I tried I didn't know who you were so in Shomayim they pass and come back to the world in order to pay it back and you were born as the Hosan and you were born as the Kala and you were born as the father-in-law and everybody came together that's Pshat in the Zaya the Zaya is saying so many times things happen to us in a monetary way we lose money we gain money we open a business we close a business whatever it may be and we always think we're in control and we know why we understand it this speaks parasha you don't understand anything because money is given and taken to a person according to the rabbi nishleilam it's every single penny has a cheshpin and it's difficult you know a person opens up a business he opens up a store and then another one opens up down the road and hey competition what's going to be with my business I, I'm, I'm going to lose all my money one second who gives you the panasa the rabbi who decides how much money you're going to be making the rabbi Nobody can take that away. Nobody can take away one penny that was designed to come to you. And you know, people call up with Shilas all the time. People call up with Shilas, do I owe him money? This happened to me, I broke his thing. Do I have to pay? You always pretty much know what the guy wants to hear. You know what I mean? The guy calls up with the Shilas. You know he wants to hear that you're Potter, right? That's what you want to know. And the problem is like this. A person shouldn't be calling wanting to be actually Potter. A person should be calling with the idea of I have money over here, who does it belong to? He wants to know, what does the Torah say about this money? Is it mine or is it his? Not that it belongs to me and I want to keep it mine. And does I have to give it to somebody else? But does it belong to me or does it belong to somebody else? There's an unbelievable medrash. The medrash in Shemosh Rabbim, Peg writes, and I'm quoting the English right now, The laws you give them will, will cause disputes between them and go to dinner and then make peace. What's the pshat? The laws you give them will cause disputes. So the M.S. to G.A. Rebbe explained. He said one of the Hasidim once came over to him and S.A.M. complained and said, Rebbe, what's going on over here? I was sued by one of my clients and before I went to court I looked at the Shulchan Aruch, I looked at everything and I went through this Salach and this Salach and this chuvah. and I was convinced without a shadow of the doubt that I'm 100% innocent. And what can I do? The judges, the judges went against me. They passed in the gates what I thought. But how can it be? I looked it up. And the imam smiled and said, "I ah, now I understand, Mshat. Chazal are telling us, it's a medrash, that if you give laws to the people to do their own thing, they'll come up with anything that's biased to them. But once they go to din, it will make peace. Because din is done in a way that the rabbinic learning runs the world. And therefore, when a person asks a shayla, when a person goes to base din, not a human being is not deciding. But the rabbi Shalom is putting the money in the right place where it should be. Taking it from the one that doesn't need to be by him and putting it by There's no such thing as innocent and guilty. Hive and Potter. It's who does this money belong to. That's the Pshat rabbi say, And we go through life so often. And it's in business. And we think someone's taking on our panos and someone's cheating us and someone's bothering us. And what can, we be, what can we do? And we have to realize, no, it's not the Pshat. You know, I, I remember just two stories that come out of my head, you know, just I can remember this moment. I remember one time coming back to my car and there's a no, little note on the car saying, I bumped into the car. I'm not sure if I caused the scratch that's on there at this moment of time. If it was there before, then that wasn't me. But if it wasn't there before, here's my number, you can call me. And here's a person that understands, you know, everyone, no one can be bothered, right? You, you bump someone's car, the first thing you want to do is get out of there as soon as possible, right? Nobody wants to give the money. It's like, come on. But one second. Does the money belong to you? I had a woman that called up once on of Shabbos. I told you the maister once. She calls up late of Shabbos. And she says she missed the bus on the way to some far out place, wherever she was going to. And she, wants, she called me up to find out if she's hired to pay the people that she said are coming, that she's coming to for Shabbos. Because they probably cook food for her. They probably prepare things for her. Maybe, maybe she has to pay. Now, someone will look at that shine and say, oh, come on. But if you think about it, whether it's right or wrong or what the answer is, irrelevant. But if you think about what is she trying to know, does this money belong to me or does it not? How many people think of that? How many people think of that? Everybody thinks the money that is mine, it belongs to me. And nobody else can take it away from me. Hazal telling us no. The Rebole Shalom gives and the Rebole Shalom take. And if we look at the very first place when the Torah discusses money, it's very interesting when Khalil left Mitzrayim. So they were told to borrow gold and silver from the neighbors. Now we know that they were taking it and they were leaving. They weren't coming back, they weren't giving it back. So why does the Torah use a Lotion of borrowing? Says one of the Geri Rebbers, you know why? Because they were borrowing it from the Rabboni Shilohim. They weren't borrowing it from the Egyptians, they were borrowing it from HaKadosh Baruch That's something we have to internalize. Any money that we have, or we may have been given, is from the Rabboni Shilohim and whether it belongs to us or not is irrelevant and it doesn't mean anything to us HaKadosh Baruch will take it out of our hands and give it to somebody else and once we recognize this our perspective of money will change radically when we realize it's not ours to keep it's not ours to spend it was given to us by Matona and we might not necessarily have to keep it and that's something else as well boys, we just had a few weeks ago the Parashat Saman right? Parashat Saman what does the Torah say? whether you took a lot whether well, you took a little doesn't make a difference because you always ended up with the same amount. And that's the same thing with Paranasa. You can work and you can work and you can work. But the devotional says, I'm going to give you what you meant to get anyway. You can try. Of course, you can do more. But you're only going to get what was decreed to come to you. Somebody once came to the stapler and they said to the stipler, I'm going to a Dintayr, give me a brocha that I'll win. So he said to the stapler, so the stapler says, that's not what you're going for. You're not going to win. People are going to Dintari, give me a bracha, I'm going to dub I should, I should be matzliach, I should win. No. You're going to see who does this money belong to? Is it mine or is it his? And if based in Baskin, it's not yours, it's not yours, it was never yours. And even if it wasn't in this Gilgal, it was in the previous Gilgal, we may not understand these things, but that's the Mitzvahs. Once I number the Bumaisa, in a Nevitishrah, at a Sheva Brachas, they opened up one of these Coca-Colas that in the lid had like a competition of winning money and one of the young boys in the opened it up one of the B'mitzvah boys it wasn't B'mitzvah whatever it was he opened up the Coca-Cola and lo and behold it said in there your prize is $5,000 and the whole uh, you know disrupt, the whole argument got around who does it belong to does it belong to the child or does it belong to the Balsimcha the person that bought the Coke bottles or the person making the Simcha so there was a Rebbe here in Yerushalayim that brought the Shaila to Eschida and he said to the kids tell me what do you think? And each one was shouting, "Yeah, it belongs to the child." And this one was shouting, it "Belongs to the Rebbe." And, then for, and, and the Rebbe said, "Listen, I don't know. I've never learned the halachas. So I'm not a and I'm not going to tell you." But every single person here had an opinion because he thought he's either the child or he's the person making the simcha, and never belongs to me. That's not how we have to look at money. How we have to look at it is who does this belong to? If we're giving it, are we giving it to ourselves, or does it belong to somebody else? And when the time comes that we have to give it to somebody else, we have to realize that it was never ours to begin with. Let me just tell you two more things. There was an El HaKyid, who was a very wealthy person, big businessman, and somebody came over to him with uh, an unbelievable proposition. I want to tell you a proposition. You can't let this one down. It's unbelievable. And he had everything written down in paper, and he had slideshows to show that his business was going to be the most successful business. And he sits down with him and explains to him exactly his whole business idea, how it works, how much money it's going to make, the returns, the percentage, the commission. And the guy says, tell me, did you think about the lawyer fees? Yeah, I thought about the lawyer fees. Did you think about the risk? Did you think about the competition? He said, I thought about everything. And it was really well planned. At the end of the meeting, he said, I have one more question. He realized that part of the deal, of the business deal, was a little bit of shady business. It's under the carpet, not reporting this, changing the dates of that, just to make everything legit. And he was upset. You know, it's not a real business deal when you cheat. He said to the guy, the last question I have for you is, what does the Rabbi Nishleilam think of this business deal? And that's how a person has to realize. When it comes to money, when it comes to business, we get tied up. I dealt this afternoon with a fellow, a very el Hayid, who did business with another person who was also known as a very Choshev el Khayid. Rabbi, I spoke to him this afternoon. This person walked away. He's now fighting it. But he walked away. His so-to-speak partner, who was such an el Khayid, has unfortunately walked away with 600,000 pounds. He's stuck. He doesn't know what to do. I'm not getting involved it's not the difference of what happened how it happened what is he like what does he look like what does he wear I don't care the point is when it comes to money we get so caught in thinking that it's mine and it belongs to me and it's coming to me and that whatever I get is mine and the Torah is saying hold on a minute you've got to have another cheshbon the Rabboni Shalom is running the world I want to just tell you one last story this is a true ma'isa true true ma'isa somebody came to the Baal Shem Tov. they came to the Baal Shem Tov and they said Rebbe what is the Pshat and the Zoya Kodesh in this week's Pashem Parashem Mishpatim Gilgulim Gilgulim Pash El Mishpatim What is the Zoya talking about? Listen to what the Bar said He said, I want you to now go to the local tree There's a tree out in the garden over there I'd like you to go there And sit there for the rest of the day And then come back to me and report what you saw I think you're weird, but okay So that's what he does, he goes there And he notices that a very wealthy man Comes over to the tree chooses it as a place to sit and shade. And he lies there and goes to sleep. And as he's sleeping and moving around, his wallet, a huge, padded, thick, filled wallet, drops out of his pocket. The rich man eventually wakes up, without realising he dropped his wallet, walks away. About a half an hour later, another fellow walks in, looks around the tree, spots the wallet, picks it up, smiles, and pockets it, and walks away. He said, looking at this, this is very interesting. About two hours later, a poor man, you could see he's poor, there's his clothing, is Ramesh the guy probably hasn't eaten for days. He came over to the tree, and he needed some rest. So he sits over at the tree, he's sitting there by the tree, enjoying the shade of the tree, and the wealthy man from a few hours ago comes back to the tree to see if his wallet's there. And he's looking around, he doesn't see the wallet. So he says to the poor man, have you seen my wallet? The poor man says, I don't know what you're talking about, what wallet? I, I never saw the wallet, I just came to rest. And the guy says, Chutzpah, you're a liar. You stole my wallet. And he starts taking a stick and starts beating the fellow like you've never seen in your life. Ad Kana The guy goes back to the Baal Shem and says, "Rever, what on earth was that all about? was crazy. The one man, he loses his wallet. This guy picks it up. He runs away. The poor man comes and gets beaten. What is going on? Says the Baal let me tell you, Pshat. In the previous lives of all these three people, what happened was... One man came with another man to in. They were arguing about a certain sum of money. And the diet on the Beistin paskin, that one particular person, he's guilty, go and pay him. And he paskin wrong. He made a mistake. And therefore, when they came to Shemaim, the argument erupted hey, you made a mistake in dinner, I gave him money for, that for no reason. So it was brought down in the, in the Beistin Shamala, they made a psak that he should come back to this world. That the first man, the rich man, was the one that took the money from the other guy in based in the previous life, so he had to repay him. So he dropped his wallet. The second man was the guy that gave the money, and he now got back the money that he paid. The third guy was the dying that was pusking; he needed patch, so he got patch big time. Isai, says about Shem to every single penny as a chesbon. We don't understand. It's not fair. Why? Competition. Come on. No. That's what the Zohar is teaching. The Mishpatim of the Torah, when it comes to money, everything has a cheshbon. And a person can go through his life, whether it be business, whether it be damaging someone's property, and all of a sudden, all the excuses come out. Stop. Think who's running the world. Who's controlling the bank account? Who's controlling every single penny that you will ever earn in your life? That's the lesson of the parasha. Tremendous lesson. Let's internalize the lesson. Let's understand the lesson that Be'ez Hashem, if we do that, we'll have a wonderful, wonderful, healthy, happy, and successful life. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. Be'ezah.